Good morning. This is Pastor Todd. I want to thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Place podcast. This week, I am sharing a message for the church. I trust the Lord uses it to encourage and build you up. And here is this week's message. There's God's truth. You know, we can't get enough... We can't get enough of truth, can we? Guess where a lot of truth leads you? To freedom. Father, bless Todd in Jesus' name as he brings the word of the Lord to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, well, Happy New Year, everybody. I think this is the first time we've been in church all year. And uh, it's good to be back. So... This message was actually supposed to go out the first Sunday in January, and uh, yeah, the Lord had other plans. So we're going to get it 6th of February, so here we go. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, today, we're going to look at the parallel uh, between us today and Joshua uh, back in the Old Testament. <laughs> So, uh, starting with slide one, I'm going to name the slides as we go, just so Cal can follow along easier. Now that we're in 2022, uh, there's a lot of things in the last couple of years that have uh, come to the surface regarding Christianity in Western culture. Uh, Slide number two, we can see uh, health departments trying to force churches to close um, or or to disband altogether. Uh, We've seen... Uh, blind eyes getting turned to uh, turned away from uh, flagrant attacks on public prayer meetings. Uh, we've seen uh, voices, church voices, being actively silenced in media outlets and online, um, and in, in a lot of public arenas. So it's clear to see, and this is slide number three, that the social atmosphere that the church faces in 2022 is not the social atmosphere that the church faced in the mid-20th century. Never in the history of America has the church's voice and others been so aggressively silenced. But we know from Scripture that truth, and I'm not just talking about points of view in politics, I mean, like, it does get intermingled, but, like, real legitimate truth will always prevail. You and I, we, in the midst of this, are in the middle of some of the greatest spiritual and social turmoil that we've ever seen, particularly in America, particularly in the West. And one question will continue to loom in all of this. What will we choose? It's not the first time, and it's not going to be the last time, when a generation of God's people in a particular time and in a particular place, will be challenged to make a choice to either follow the ways around them or commit to the ways of the Lord. So today we're going to look at this time with Joshua, uh, another time when the people of God in a particular time and in a particular place had the gauntlet of choice thrown down at them uh, and they had to make a choice. So this is slide number five, Cal. A little bit of historical context, because, you know, that's what I do. So the history of Joshua's conquest. Let's kind of paint the scene here. The year, Joshua wouldn't know this year, but we know this year, 
1375 BC. For 40 years, Israel was forced to wander in the wilderness. Then another 30 years, forced to wander through the promised land, fighting and uprooting kingdoms just so they could settle down. Israel had to deal with not just the nations that they were confronting, but the ways of the nations. Slide number six. <laughs> they had to confront Canaan with their uh, Baal and Asherah worship that involved cult prostitution, animal and human sacrifices, and ritual magic. Slide number seven. They had to deal with coming out of their past of Egypt with Egypt's deities, which were defeated at the plagues. Um, but it's, if we look at this, like even in our own lives, it's really, really hard to be completely free from our past. And we can see here, like, we have, like, you know, these are the plagues, and these are the gods that are associated with those plagues. Now, this is an abbreviated list. It's not all ten. But, you know, the, the oceans, the rivers turning the blood, right? That's uh, representative of uh, Happy and Osiris. The frogs represented Hecht. Locusts, Seth, the god of the dead. Darkness represented, uh, basically defeated Ra, the sun god. And then the firstborn death was the defeat of Pharaoh himself because they thought that Pharaoh was a god. <clears throat> so Canaan, they had to contend with Canaan and Canaan's ways. They had to continue contend with Egypt and Egypt's ways. And then slide number eight, they also had to contend with the Amorites, <coughs> with their worship of the sun and the moon and their nomadic lifestyle. And there's a couple of notes about this because they came out of the, the area of the Amorites to go into Canaan as the promised land. So this is all neighboring nations. In Semitic languages, Shemesh was generally the word for the sun. And it's also the name of the sun god that they worshipped. And Nana, or Suin, was the name of the moon and also the god or goddess of the moon in those cultures. So haven't you ever noticed, like, whenever you read more of a literal translation of the book of Genesis that says the greater light and the lesser light, it doesn't use sun and moon? It's because the authors of Genesis actively went out of their way to avoid these names because they don't want them associated with a deity. I mean, like, they're, they're so trying to get away from these, these other gods that they completely refuse to use the names that are associated with them. And another side note, the Amorites were a nomadic group. <coughs> now, why is that important? Nomadic groups were despised and uh, feared in ancient civilizations because the nomadic groups would come in with raids and destroy things and then leave. Like, that's how they would operate things. And so they created a lot of destruction and a lot of social instability. So as the years of this conquest goes on, right, 30 years, right? 40 in the wilderness, 30 years <clears throat> during all of this. The Bible accounts tell of setbacks that the people of Israel faced due to compromises in their faithfulness to the Lord. If you look at the account of the city of I, spelled A-I in English, they had tons of setbacks because of disobedience. And given the fact that these people 
the, the, the natives in these lands were never fully rooted out. So if you think of the Jebusites in Jerusalem during the time of David, hundreds of years after this, right? They didn't really fully move these people out of the lands like they were supposed to. You end up getting this cross-pollinization of their ways and their practices. And it poses an ever-present threat to the nation of Israel. <coughs> Excuse me. So that's the historical background, right? So Joshua has led these people for 30 years of just fighting, 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 fighting to get to a place where Israel can rest in the promised land. At the end of all of that, they're ready to settle. The land's getting allocated out. And Joshua, in one of his, his later addresses to the nation of Israel, and I'm going to read it in its entirety, <clears throat> so it'll be a little lengthy. I apologize in advance. But he throws a gauntlet down to the Israelites. So we're going to start with Joshua 24, verse 2. Joshua said to all the people, This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, and Nahor, lived beyond the Euphrates River and worshipped other gods. But I took your father Abraham from the land beyond the Euphrates and led him throughout Canaan and gave him many descendants. I gave him Isaac, and to Isaac I gave Jacob and Esau, and I assigned the hill country of Seir to Esau, but Jacob and his family went down to Egypt." Then I sent Moses and Aaron, and I afflicted the Egyptians by what I did there, and I brought you out. When I brought your people out of Egypt, you came to the sea, and the Egyptians pursued them with chariots and horsemen as far as the Red Sea. But they cried to the Lord for help, and he put darkness between you and the Egyptians. He brought the sea over them and covered them. You saw with your own eyes what I did to the Egyptians. Then you lived in the wilderness for a long time. I brought you to the land of the Amorites, who lived east of the Jordan. They fought against you, but I gave them into your hands. I destroyed them from before you, and you took possession of their land. When Balak, the son of Zippor, the king of Moab, prepared to fight against Israel, he sent for Balaam, Balaam the son of Beor, to put a curse on you, but I would not listen to Balaam. So he blessed you again and again and I delivered you out of his hand. Then you crossed the Jordan and came to Jericho. The citizens of Jericho fought against you, as did also the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Girgashites, the Hivites, and the Jebusites. But I gave them into your hands. I sent a hornet ahead of you, which drove them out before you. Also the two Amorite kings, you did not do it with your own sword and bow. So I gave you a land on which you did not toil, and cities... You did not build, and you live in them, and eat from the vineyards and olive groves that you did not plant. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors worshipped beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, <coughs> and here's that famous phrase that you see on plaques everywhere, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Usually it goes dot, dot, dot. Because whether the gods of your ancestors served beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living, but as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Okay, like I said, that was a mouthful. But that's the history of Israel up until Joshua. 
Like, that's the first five books of the Bible, pretty much. Boom, right there. <coughs> Excuse me. So slide number 24. Joshua throws this gauntlet down to the nation of Israel. All of them gathered. And he says, the choice is yours, Israel. And choose you must. Will you choose the value system, the ways of the gods of Canaan with their temple prostitutes, their worship of sex, their animal and child sacrifices, and their magical rituals? Or will you choose Yahweh? Will you choose, Israel, the bondage of Egypt to your west? And the past bondages in your life with its illusion of safety? Because you remember in the wilderness... We need to go back to Egypt. At least they fed us. At least we had safe food. At least we had garlic. We had drinking water, right? Let's go back to this illusion of safety and provision, which was all revealed and defeated by the Lord. Or Israel, will you choose the ways of the Amorites in the east with their violence and their social destabilization and their gods, the sun and the moon? <coughs> This is the, the choice that Israel had to make. Now, as Israel responds to Joshua, they say, we will serve the Lord. And within a couple generations, that just falls by the wayside. Whenever you read the book of Judges, you come to this one with this wandering priest that wanders around with uh, the Danites because the Danites said, oh, we're not, we're not going to settle for the land we chose. We want other land. So they hire this priest to go with them as they go try to conquer new lands that the Lord didn't call them to conquer. Turn this full circle. This is, this is, this is a, a narrative in the Bible that shows how far Israel was moving away from God within two generations of Moses. Because at the end of that, the original manuscripts named this priest as the grandson of Moses. So the grandson of Moses is siding with people who are following ways that are not the Lord's and giving them religious credibility for it. That's a side note. That's free. <laughs> so are you going to choose the social destabilization? Are you going to choose the ways against what the Lord has called us to? That's the choice that Israel had to face. Now let's look at us. Now this is slide 25. For us, the choice is us, Christians, and choose we must. Well, we choose the value systems today of the sexual revolution and the worship of sex in the media and in the, the sex education and the schools and the child sacrifices from institutes like Planned Parenthood. Will we choose the ways of the world around us or will we choose the ways of the Lord? Or do we choose to hold on to our inner pain and our addictive coping mechanisms because of our past bondage, because there's this comfort in this pain and it's illusion of safety because it's something familiar. It's the devil that I know versus the, the goodness that I don't know. That we see in Scripture was defeated at the cross. Or maybe it's not an internal bondage. Maybe, maybe it's an external bondage from something like an Egyptian-esque totalitarian government. Do we willfully go into that bondage or do we stand freedom in Christ and not be submitted to it? <coughs> or do we choose to follow the ways of 
Black Lives Matter or critical race theory and their social justice equity officers with their drive for social destabilization, along with this whole transgender movement that is threatening to put all of the amazing accomplishments of women in the past century back into a toxic male-dominated society. Where's the freedom in that? Where's the flourishing of women when women can't be women? Do we choose that? Do we, do we, in an act of mercy and grace, side with these kind of movements? Or do we stand with the mandates of Scripture, with the ways of the Lord who promises life and freedom and eternality and a freedom from fear? I think fear has been one of the driving forces for a lot of things in the last two years. Are we going to continue to play into that or are we going to live free in Christ? I'm not saying be willy-nilly about things. Be wise, but don't be dominated by fear. Because Scripture says it's for freedom that Christ set us free. But we have a choice to make as individuals, as churches. Do we follow a government mandate that says do not gather in person? When the Scripture very clearly says do not forsake the assembling together. Like, is there a place? I'll ask you this. I will not answer this, but I will ask you this. Is there a line for civic disobedience when it runs contrary to the teachings of Scripture? I'll just let you ponder on that question yourself. And what is that line? <sighs> so that, that's the choice we're making today. Are we choosing the ways around us? Like Israel in the history has chosen in their lives? Or do we choose the ways of the Lord? So in conclusion, <coughs> excuse me, after Joshua and Israel had taken the land, they were left with that choice. Follow the ways of the Lord, follow the ways of your neighbors. It wouldn't just affect their own personal spirituality. It would affect their day-to-day -day living. It would affect their economic system. It would affect their public forums. It would affect their politics. The covenant with the Lord is first and foremost, and always has been, a personal relationship. And it's also a well-defined moral, physical, and daily lifestyle. Likewise with us, our faith is first and foremost a personal relationship with Jesus. There is that personal element. And as they were sharing during the share time, that, that, that mentality that, that, you, that you don't matter is contrary to Scripture because Jesus bled and died for every individual person to forgive them of the sins that they've committed. So likewise with us, we have to have this personal relationship with the Lord. And that involves this well-defined moral, physical, and daily lifestyle. <coughs> So let us be willing to let our personal actions and attitudes reflect biblical truth and principles. Let us live out a biblical morality and let our physical and daily lives reflect Christ at the center. So TGP, members, people listening on Zoom, people listening at the podcast, here's the gauntlet that we're throwing down. Choose for yourselves today 
2022, whom you will serve. But I, as one of your pastors, Shannon, my wife, my kids, our household, we will serve the Lord. Amen. And so this is for anybody who is hearing this, who maybe not doesn't know what this whole Christian thing is or, or what this is about. If this got your attention and you think, hey, you've said some interesting things, and I'm interested in, in a little bit more about this Jesus or this God, and then here's an invite to you. First up, God is interested in you, and he wants to have a conversation with you. If you're willing to open up that conversation, just say these words in your mind, in, in, <coughs> excuse me, in your bedroom, just say these words. Jesus, I've heard some interesting things, and I'm interested. Will you have a conversation with me and speak to me in a real way? Now, that's all you have to do. If you're interested, Jesus is interested. All right? Now, if you have that conversation and you have questions that you would like to hear an audible voice, you can get a hold of us at this church. Um, you can <laughs> come to our services. You can come to our website, tgpchicago.org. You can even uh, send us an email at info at tgpchicago.org. And one of our ministers will be glad to get back in touch with you and answer any questions that you have. And so let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for your goodness, for your truth, your freedom, your life. Thank you, Father, that you give us something that is more permanent than governments, that is more permanent than culture, that is more permanent than any physical structure or group on earth, that you give us connection to eternity. You give us connection to who you are, that you place your spirit inside of us. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you, Father, that when the world is shaken and the foundations are crumbling, we have a God who is not. We have a God who is eternal. We have a God who is always consistent, who's promised that he will never leave us and never forsake us. And so, Lord Jesus, we lift up a thanksgiving to you as we worship you this Sunday morning in 2022, knowing that your truth and your gospel and your life is just as real now as it was 2,000 years ago, as it was 1,300 years ago, as it was when you spoke the universe into existence. And so, Lord, I pray that your spirit will go with us this week, that you will fuel us with the confidence of who you are, the confidence of what you've called us to, that we can walk in truth and love and freedom and grace each day of our lives. Be with us, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. So, there you go, Twyla. Hello again, this is Pastor Todd. I pray the Lord uses my message today to strengthen your walk with God. If you were blessed by this message and would like to support the ministry of the Gathering Place financially, I encourage you to use our online giving portal at tgpchicago.org. The portal uses PayPal's secure site so none of your information is compromised. 
Once again, thank you for tuning in to the Gathering Place podcast. God bless you and have a great week.